my son and I went snowboarding the weekend before Pistol 100, which seemed like a really good way to taper. Dizruns Radio, episode 1040, starts in three, two, Welcome back to Diz Runs Radio, where I talk with runners from all corners of the running world about running, life, and everything in between. I'm your host, Denny Cray, and it's just about time to head out the door for an easy run and a great conversation. So if you're ready, then I'm ready. Let's get started. Real quick before we dive into today's episode of the show, today's episode is brought to you by the folks over at Head Sweats. Rumor has it, spring is in the air for some of us. For some of us, summer's in the air down here in the south. It's uh, it's already summer. Let's not kid ourselves. But one way or the other, spring, summer, shoot, winter and fall, any season of the year is a good season to step up your hat game. And uh, the folks over at Head Sweats have got you covered. Whether you need something to keep your ears warm, although hopefully this time of year you don't need too much to keep your ears warm. Maybe you need something to keep the sun out of your face, uh, keep keep you moving. Let you know maybe a visor to let some some of that heat escape while still keeping the sun out of your head. Whatever works for you. If it's something that goes on your head, Head Sweats has probably got you covered. And uh, if it's something that goes on most of the rest of your body, from like shin up, so like shorts, leggings, tops. Uh, no socks or shoes just yet, at least at last check. I should have probably checked that before I did this read. But one way or the other, head sweats has got you covered. Body sweats, you know, whatever. I mean, they're not body sweats, but you know what I mean. They've got you covered not just on your head is what we're trying to get at here. Wrap this up, Diz, before you make a damn fool of yourself. Uh, headsweats.com. No, I mean, you can go there. But if you want to support the show, dizruns.com slash headsweats is the link. That's the affiliate link. Get a couple of shekels for anything and everything that you order, whether it's a hat, whether it's a shirt, whether it's a jacket, which again, this time of year, maybe not so much in need of a jacket, um, but shorts, leggings, the whole nine, anything that you get, anything that's in your cart, whether it's on sale, whether it's full price, whether it's clearance, doesn't matter. It all helps support the show. Uh, and again, that link is dizruns.com slash headsweats. And uh, we got a new discount code, finally. Finally getting around to getting a new discount code set up. It's a little bit trickier than it has been in the past because it has to start with the letters B, B. So beta, beta, boy, boy, whatever you want to call it. The, the discount code right now is BB Diz Runs. All one word, 30%. So uh, it's not nothing. It's better than better than that. And uh, again, that discount will apply to anything, I believe. Even if it's already on clearance, you can still use the code BBDizRuns at checkout to save yourself 30% additionally on top of whatever you're already saving. So get yourself some hats, get yourself some visors, get yourself some whatever they've got that you might want. Help out the show, help out the show save yourself a little bit of cash. DizRuns.com slash HeadSweats. Use the code BBDizRuns at checkout to save yourself 30%. Now, without any further ado, let's go ahead and dive in to today's episode of the show. Hey, y'all. Uh, my guest today is a lady that, uh, near as I can tell, like a lot of us, can't seem to get enough running in her life. So in addition to all the miles she logs, and she logs a bunch of miles, as we're, I'm sure we'll, you know, somewhere along the line, something that we'll talk about today. She's also uh, the race director for the Arrowhead Endurance Run and uh, as a co-race director for the Shawnee Hills 100K, and there's a whole host of races that go along there as well as well as the Red Cedar Trail Half, which is a new uh, half marathon, if, if I remember correctly. 
um, which is which is exciting and also a whole ball of wax, I would imagine, getting a new race off the ground and started and, and uh, lots of things going on there. So uh, lots of running all the time for her, yet uh, somehow she made some time to, to chat with me today, which is exciting. She's also an ambassador for Orange Mud, which is where we originally got connected. She's also an ambassador for Ornery Mule. So again, all running all the time and uh, looking forward to, to seeing what all topics we get to today, where the conversation ends up. And uh, let's get the party started by welcoming Miss Laura Range to the show. So, Laura, thanks for joining us today, and uh, welcome to the party. Glad to have you today. Well, thank you. I'm excited to be here. You know, I always enjoy talking about running or racing or and everything that goes along with that. You know, all the cool people I've met over the years. And, yeah, I mean, I love it. It's, you know, part of me. <laughs> fantastic. Fantastic. Well, and again, I think all of, like certainly myself and probably anybody who's been listening to running podcasts very much regularly uh, is right there with you. Just enjoys, you know, hearing about the sport, talking about the sport and y'all listening. If you want to kind of connect with Laura, follow along with some of the things she's got going on. Um, Instagram, you can connect with her there. It's a great place. It's also on Facebook, of course, you can find her there. Uh, but on Instagram, her handle is at Laura Ran one and it's the number one, but it's L-A-U-R-A-R-A-N one uh, on Instagram Dizruns.com slash 1040 is the link back to the show notes for today. As always, we'll have everything linked up. The races that she's, uh, you know, a, a director or co-director for. Um, anything else we talk about, other races, other other things, products, whatever. Anything that, that we talk about that makes sense to, to link to today, it'll always be there. Dizruns.com slash 1040. So, Laura, the way we always uh, start off each episode of the show is with um, a relatively simple question. Some folks it's, have a pretty easy time answering it. Some folks, not so much. The ultra runners, which I know you're one of them, sometimes have a little bit harder time because there's a lot of good options, though I, I feel like I have an idea where you're going to go with it. But one way or the other, it kicks off the conversation, gives us something to start with. And it's just to simply ask, what is your favorite distance to race and why? Uh, my favorite distance is to race 100 miles. Um, it gives me the opportunity to just uh i don't know just be out there and i don't know the journey i would say the journey is always worth it you know who you meet and you know the places i've seen you know saw a meteor shower on the top of a mountain and you know idaho and you know out in tennessee you know running around uh a race uh, no business you know just so many things, so many people, you know, so many amazing places that I would never get to see, you know, just driving by or, you know, you know, it's just, it's the ultimate adventure or maybe the ultimate, ultimate suffering to get to the <laughs> adventure, but, you know, we forget about it. So, <laughs> yeah, that's, that's the truth. It's, and, and I feel like that's, that applies almost no matter what the, the distance, like there's always, if you're pushing yourself, of course, there's always going to be some suffering. There's always going to be some parts that are uncomfortable and uh, maybe not uh, you, some moments where maybe you question your sanity, but afterwards when it's all said and done and had a chance to, to get some sleep and some rest and maybe, uh, you know, something to eat, whatever. Um, it's like, daggum, wouldn't mind, wouldn't mind doing that again. Although um, the hundred miles, that's still, that's still a bridge too far for me. Never say never, but uh, that it takes a special kind of crazy, I think, to, to sign up for a race like that. Truth. <laughs> well, how'd you, how'd you get started in uh, in in running, Laura? Is it something that's been a long time part of your life? I feel like looking at your ultra sign up, you've been you've been around for a while. You've been running some races for for the better part of I don't know, fifteen years, something like that, at least on ultra sign up uh, races. So, you know, when did you start dipping your toes in this this water that we all know and love of of the the sport of running? 
Um, I mean, I think I've, I ran in, you know, junior high and high school, I ran track and cross country and then just, uh, sort of continued on and did, you know, running to say fit. And, uh, I don't even remember what year it was, but I did a 5k race like on a whim and like type putting on that race number and, you know, like crossing the finish line. I'm like, I was like overwhelmed with emotion. I was like, Oh my God, I didn't know there was such a thing as like all of this and all the people and all the medals and everything. And I mean, I was addicted. I mean, as soon as I crossed the finish line, uh, you know, my life, you know, changed. I was like, I'm going to be doing a lot more races. I didn't know about ultra running or, you know, I mean, I knew about marathons and things like that, but you know, it's just one of those things. It's, once you get pulled in, then your your friends are like, you should do a half marathon, you know, or, you know, whatever. And it just kind of just kept escalating until, you know, here I am, you know, 15 years later and have lots of races under my belt, yeah. <laughs> you know, hopefully a lot more. Yeah, of course. Of course. Um, you know, it, it I hate to, to maybe ask the question this way yet. I don't know a better way of, of asking it, but it's just kind of, you know, at least the, the overview and maybe we'll dive into it a little bit more as we go, if there's something there. But, um, I feel like ultra running, especially the longer distance stuff, the, the hundred Ks, hundred miles has really kind of blown up a little bit more recently in the last, in the last five or eight years, something like that. Um, and again, I'm from the outside looking in, like, like I've, I've dipped my toes into a, a handful of 50 K's and I, I did a, a 45 miler this past fall, which is my, my longest race to date. Um, but at least from doing the podcast, being in some, you know, various running circles, things like that. Um, it was, it was, I don't know, either I wasn't in the right circles or whatever, but eight years ago when I started the show, didn't have a whole lot of ultra runners in these days. I love talking to ultra runners and I feel like I have as many opportunities to talk to ultra runners as anybody else. Um, but 15 years ago, what was what was the ultra scene like? Maybe compared to to more recently, I, I, am I mistaken that it's more more popular now, or, or kind of you know, what's the the comparison and contrasting over your time in the in the sport running those type of distances? I mean, I feel like when like in 2009, I first you know got into the ultra running scene and did a 50k, loved it. 50 mile, loved it. 100 mile, didn't even know what the heck I was doing. Completely failed trained for a couple more months and finished one in 2010. And I mean, at that time on, you know, run 100s.com, Stan Jensen uh, takes care of that website. You know, and I'm pretty sure there was only like, like maybe 60 or 70 hundred mile races, you know, and a lot of those were, you know, I mean, they're college level, you know, hundreds, not ones you could just sign up for, you know, you know, mere mortals, you know, some of those, you know, hard rock and all those ones. And then, um, I mean, every single ultra runner that I met, you know, I met like Chrissy Ferguson. I did Arkansas Traveler. I've done that race many times. And just listening to her speech, you know, at the start of the race about finishing is winning. I mean, I'm like, if that doesn't rev you up and just like want to finish that race, I mean, I don't know what does, you know, and you're just like so inspired, you know, she's done the Grand Slam, Many times, you know, met uh, all the people down at Rocky Raccoon. And I mean, these people have done, you know, like Hard Rock and Leadville. And, you know, they've been ultra running for years. And you just, I mean, you just put them on a pedestal. 
And it felt like that was everybody. And, you know, like the group that I was coming in with, I mean, we're just like kindergartners and, uh, like over the last 15 years, I mean, I don't even know how many hundred milers there are 200 and you know, you go to some of these races and it's like, it's not just all people that have just done, you know, hundred milers their whole life. It's people that are just getting into the sport and it's like half the field or a third of the field. And it's like, so awesome. You know, it's like, you, you just want to talk to them and welcome them and, you know, just like embrace this journey. You know, it's so cool to see all these people, you know, like put their feet in this, you know, huge endeavor. I don't know. I mean, I don't feel like it's, you know, made it more, I think it's become more accessible because more people are there and they make it more beginner friendly. And there's, you know, I just, it's more out there. Social media, you know, changes everything. And, you know, then you all of a sudden you will start doing races with your friends and your friends are putting on races. And, you know, I mean, Scott Kumar and, you know, 10 junk miles, you know, it's like I did his race and it's like such a fun venue. And, you know, Michelle Hardwig, you know, I did Hennepin and, you know, you can't leave an aid station without getting like 10 hugs, you know, you know, it's just, I mean, I think it's just, it's changed a little bit. Um, But, you know, still, I mean, it's not that it has, you know, minimized, you know, the hundred mile journey, you know, by any means, I just think, you know, it has attracted so many more people with so many more different types of races and different types of feels, I think at the races. Yeah. And that's, and, and I I suppose that has to be a good thing, right? The more, more opportunities, more, more variation in terms of, you know, and correct me if I'm wrong, if I'm misunderstanding you, but you know, like you said, before it felt like there were a lot of college level um, hundreds and not that I, I don't know that there's any such thing as an easy hundred. I, I can't imagine that there is, but there's not. But. no, no. But, but at the same time, having different quote unquote levels of difficulty, levels of hardness so that, you know, when you want to maybe thinking about dipping your toes in for the first time, you don't have to jump, you know, try to, you know, jump into Leadville or jump into hard rock or something like that. You can find something that's maybe a little bit flatter, a little bit more local. So you don't have to have all the travel that goes with it as well has to be a good thing too. Right. Yeah. The travel dynamics and, you know, if you want a pacer or a crew, you know, I mean, there's, you know, almost, I would assume that all the, every single state has, you know, several. So you just have like the opportunity to be, have somebody, you know, there and, you know, not make it some financial burden or travel burden is a really big deal. You know, it's so much easier to drive a couple hours to a race than it is to fly with all your drop bags and worry about all the travel plans, you know, and, and, you know, besides just being prepared for the race, you know, I mean, I've done it, but still it is a heck of a lot easier, (laughs) you know, if when I go down to Tunnel Hill and run Steve Durbin's race, you know, every single year, then, you know, fly out to like Lean Horse or, uh, something else that's further away. Yeah. And, and I mean, and again, I, I don't know anything about personally about running 100 miles, but I just know that like in the marathon world, in the, even in the, the 50 K and in my one experience in the 50 mile ish range, you know, world, like, you know, the, the longer the race, the more opportunities for things to go a little bit sideways. And, and again, <laughs> at least if you're somewhat local or, or, you know, have, have, for example, you know, if you're, if you're driving, you can bring a whole bunch of different clothes for a whole lot of different weather situations that may unfold over the course of 
eight hours, 10 hours, 24 hours if you're doing 100 or even beyond that. Um, right. If you're flying, maybe you don't have, like you got to pick and choose. And if you choose wrong, boy, that makes for a lot, a lot longer day out on the road or the trail for sure. For sure. What was your uh, first 100 miler experience? Like, like, you know, the, the race itself, if you want to you give a shout there, but, but what was, you know, you said you were kind of uh, kindergarten level getting into it, not really knowing what you, what you were necessarily doing. Um, how did, how did, how did that, that first hundred miles go for you? Um, well, it didn't go very well. <laughs> <laughs> I had done a 50 K and, uh, finished last and thought it was fun and did a 50 miler a couple months later and had a great time. And I thought, well, a hundred would most likely be twice as much fun. as <laughs> And, uh, it, I signed up for the Ozark Trail 100. It was the first year of that race. And uh, it's a challenging point-to-point 100-mile race, so all single track. Uh, it's great race directors, great aid stations. Um, and I just wasn't really prepared. I had never really run at night. Um, I didn't have trail shoes. Um but that did not stop me. I wasn't really prepared. I didn't prepare my drop bags and I had actually got lost several times and it, you know, wasn't really according to the trail not being marked. Well, I just really wasn't used to being out there and having that type of focus, you know, past, you know, when the, when it got dark. And so I, I, I was pulled, I missed the cutoff, but I learned a lot and that's really the magic in if you don't finish, you know, if you have to look at the, you know, the silver lining or whatever. I mean, you learn so much, even if you fail at a hundred milers, it's like, you know, I need to train better. I need to prepare better with my clothes and my shoes and my hydration. I need to drink more and eat more because, and then I need to be more prepared with, you know, when it gets dark and, you know, following the trail and things like that. So, um, you know, things like that gave me more of a focus because, I mean, you can read somebody's race report or you can, you know, look at a book and sometimes, maybe that just doesn't come across as, you know, this is really important or this is what you need to really pay attention to. And uh, once you get in that environment and you're like, Oh yeah, you know, this is really hard and this is what I need to do. And so I, I ended up being able to go back several years later and, and finish that race a few times. And uh, it's never easy, but uh, that was in, Let's see, that'd have been November of 2009, and then I trained, and I signed up for uh, Rocky Raccoon that February, and uh, finished that race. That's a you know well organized race. It's a loop. Um, it had been put on for many years, so you knew that the aid stations would be, you know, on point, and I was able to finish it. Um, and I felt like having that. You know, maybe I was a little bit too cocky going from one to another and to another. And, you know, I just didn't respect the distance. And so, you know, I got a DNF. And but what I learned, you know, got me to the finish line of the next one. Mm-hmm. And uh, I mean, I loved it. I mean, it, you know, you spend a couple of days, you know, thinking your life choices after that. And along the way, maybe in the middle of the night. But, you know, there's such a draw there. You know, I met some of the most awesome people there. Mm-hmm. And they're still friends of mine. Um, I mean, I had signed up for another hundred a few months after that, um, knowing that, you know, I would take, you know, what I learned there. And then it was just, you know, I love that, that feel. Mm-hmm. 
the journey from one to 100. It's, it's pretty special. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's, uh, this is where it gets dangerous because the more I talk to you hundred mile people, the more, the more it's, it's starts to, to, you know, nestle the idea that the seed starts to nestle itself into my brain and, and, uh, uh, I don't know. We'll see. I, I, I'm a never say never. I, I've learned never say never because as soon as you say never, that's when it's going to happen. But I feel like there's more, more and more possibility all the time. And I got to be careful saying that because now people are going to hold it, hold me against it. But um, I'm curious, and, and I don't know if you've ever thought of this, Laura, or not. Um, but you know, having that first race end in a DNF, which is is something that so I don't know so many, but there's plenty of of folks out there like, oh God, like I can't have a DNF, you know, death before DNF used to be a, a relatively popular saying. I don't know if it's, I don't hear it as much anymore, but I, I know I've heard it before. Um, sure. I wonder if, if having that happen in your first hundred and almost for lack of a better way of saying it, getting it out of the way um, could have been a little bit of a, of a benefit in that, like you said, plenty of things to learn before you thought you maybe knew or before you realized, you know, that, that there was a lot more to learn. Um, and then maybe that, I don't know. Maybe that that becomes a little bit of a, you know, it already happened once, so whatever, and and onward and upward, and not not worry about a DNF if if slash when it ever happens again. Sure. Yeah. I mean, you know, you know, I didn't know what I didn't know, you know, and so, you know, I mean, and some people, you know, and you know, my personality, you know, I, you know, like I said, I ran 150 K I ran 150 miler and I was, you know, in my brain, I was ready to run a hundred mile race cause I had enjoyed it. And, you know, hundreds take, you know, respect and, and training and preparedness, you know, all those things come together though, you know, you can do all those things and all those things can be perfect and you can still, you know, something can still happen and you won't finish the race. It's not a guarantee, you know, you check all the boxes and then you get to the finish line you know, that's part of the draw too, you know, I mean, I don't know if everyone who's ever run a hundred miles, I'm sure there's plenty of people that have never had a DNF and, you know, they're amazing. You know, I think, you know, you think about, you know, there's always like some crazy weather event, you know, they seem to like follow me sometimes I feel like, but, uh, you know, there's some people that are just have that, you know, ability to make it to the finish line, regardless, uh, you know, I have respect for them. But, uh, I mean, I've had DNFs, you know, since, you know, my first one, but, uh, luckily, um, I feel like the last couple of years, you know, I've gotten a little bit better, uh, mentally, you know, the mental game, you know, I guess you could say <clears throat> is strong, you know, I'm still just an average runner, you know, I'm just too stubborn to quit. <laughs> so, uh, but I like being out there. Yeah. So well, that's, that's, that's three quarters of the battle right there. If you're not enjoying it and you're not having fun out there, then, then there's no shortage of other hobbies or other things you can, you can do with your time that, that you enjoy doing. Um, you know, one, one thing that obviously lots of, of runners, unfortunately have to deal with from time to time. And, and maybe you have as well is injuries and, and missed time due to, you know, some of the wear and tear and aches and pains. But I feel like, you know, running a hundred miles and, and at least in the last handful of years, or at least when, when races, you know, COVID maybe, maybe notwithstanding, but multiple hundred milers several years um, requires a certain level of, of being able to stay healthy and be resilient and train intelligently and all those types of things. 
anything sure. in particular that, that you do that you find really, I mean, obviously everybody's an N equals one. So what works for you isn't necessarily guaranteed to work for anybody else, but things right. that you've, that you've done that, that have, you know, kind of helped you stay healthy over the years and be able to continue to run all these races and, and continue to enjoy it while you're out there. Um, no, <laughs> <laughs> I'm not, honestly, I'm not the kind of person that would like make a spreadsheet or, you know, like I, like when I first started running, I'd like write down like what I wanted to get at each my drop bags and the time. And I'd get like three quarters or halfway through it. And I would stop writing things down because that's just not my personality. So I think maybe the one thing that keeps me healthy and running is I run when I want to. And when I walk out the door here in a little bit, uh, for my house to go for a run. I don't know how far I'm going to run. I don't know where I'm going to run. I'll run according to traffic. So if there's traffic coming straight at me, I'll make a right, <laughs> you know? And so if I get tired, I'll walk. Um, if I feel really good, I'll keep going. If, you know, I have enough time and I don't have like today, I have to run seven at this pace or I have to run 25 this weekend. I mean, I always have the goal during my during the training or, or it's not even training. It's just during my normal routine of running that I'll probably run one reasonably long run during the week. Um, maybe 25 miles, maybe more, uh, maybe a little less or, you know, a couple 20 milers or something like that. Um, or, you know, two long runs in a day. Um, but you know, it just depends on my work schedule if I'm on call at the hospital and if I'm doing something, my son and I went snowboarding the weekend before pistol 100, which seemed like a really good way to taper. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, the, but I mean, I think the biggest thing is I just run according to how I feel. So if I don't feel like running fast or I walk, or if I don't feel like running long, then I don't. Um, and you know, I think just listening to my body, you know, and trying to get extra sleep when I need to and eat healthy. I try to eat 85% of the time. I try to eat mostly healthy. I'm mostly vegetarian, but every once in a while I do eat. I'll have some fish or some chicken or something like that. Um, if my body, you know, it sounds really, really good, then I'll listen to my body and have it. Yeah, I think I think there's... I think there's so much wisdom there that and, and it almost sounded like um i mean I don't, I don't mean to mean i don't mean this disparagingly at all but it almost sound like you're almost kind of dismissive of what you do but it, but i think that that listening to your body and not necessarily feeling like you have to stick to a certain distance or a certain pace or or whatever um is is something that quite frankly i struggle with sometimes of like like yeah, well, I've got to get X number of miles today because I've got this goal or that goal, or I'm trying to get this amount of mileage in. And, and, you know, those things are great when they work out, but when you force it and potentially break yourself as a result, like having that, that willingness to, to trust what your body's telling you, and Hey, maybe I should sleep in today, or maybe, maybe I need to go a little bit shorter today, or, Hey, I'm feeling really good. No reason to cap it at just eight miles. If I, if I'm feeling good and I've got the time, go get 10 or 12 or whatever, um, right. is, is, something that uh mm, i think that i think that's a thing that that uh i don't know I, i'm gonna chew on it for a while but i feel like that's that's there's a lot of wisdom in that 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 you kind of pick up over enough years of running and and maybe making some mistakes and learning some lessons the hard way 
Yeah, I mean, I and I don't feel like, you know, you know, I don't, you know, want to compare myself to other people. There's, you know, plenty of people that, you know, just run so much faster than I do. You know, I mean, it, and I felt like, you know, maybe that's just not me. But I mean, I can get out there and do a marathon. But you know, you know, honestly, I've only come in under four hours one time. Mm-hmm. You know, so, I mean, I don't specifically train for that distance. So. You know, when I go out to do a half marathon or a marathon, I'm still pretty much running my ultra pace. So, you know, <laughs> I mean, I might try to pick it up. And, you know, I've the last few years I've uh, been lucky um, in the last three years, I think I've PR'd like every single distance that I've run, um, including the shorter distances. But it just means that I really wasn't that fast. To be <laughs> but well, I, mean, I think. Oh, go ahead. No, go ahead. I mean, I. Like, I think the last three years in a row, I've gotten right around 4,000 or a little bit more miles in a year. So, but, you know, there, there's days I'll do like two a day. I love those, like in the summertime, Mm -hmm. like two 10 milers or two 13 milers, you know, if I got other stuff going on, that's like the perfect day. Um, I mean, a long run with friends is a perfect day, but (laughs) (laughs) I mean, as, as much as you can run in a day, that, that that's always uh, optimal. But, yeah, you get a couple of good runs in or some good miles in with some friends. Like, it's it's uh, hard to do a lot better than that. Um, yeah. I, I know you had mentioned before we got, got started, maybe in the email back and forth or, or somewhere along the line, you mentioned some um, FKTs that you did during during the COVID time when races were a lot fewer and farther between. Most of them were canceled. You know, a couple you could find here and there, but I uh, didn't have as many options. What, uh, what, what kind of FKT adventures did you go on over the last couple of years? Um, I did one on the Tunnel Hill Trail. Um, it was a uh, the entire trail, you know, back and forth. It ended up being like 97 miles. It was supported. You know, I had some friends come out and help me along the way. Um, but I did it, you know, as a solo female. Um, honestly, but, you know, I think there was like another, like there's a couple other people that have done that. Uh, there was one, it was a couple that did it. And then there's a gentleman that has done it, but there had not been a woman that had done it. So, um, and I did it supported and there's still, I don't think there's an FKT for unsupported female. Um, but you could look, you know, I, you know, on that, you know, there's that site and where you, you know, just upload your information, you know, according to the rules and things like that. And so that was really fun. I, I was glad to be able to do that. And then, uh, there was another one ran around, uh, there's a, a Lake of Egypt out here and did a run around that. It was, uh, I think around 30 miles, but no one had ever done it. So, you know, that's been set. So, and it, and it wasn't exceptionally fast. It was a super hot day, but you know, you have to stop at like the gas stations and things like that to get aid if you want, you know, extra water and stuff. But, uh, it made for a fun day. I mean, it's, it's fun doing stuff like that. I think I had done during COVID, I think four 100 mile, uh, distance runs uh, by myself, um, during COVID, um, yeah. So I think I did one of the orange mud one and then, uh, Candace from, uh, uh, Bigfoot one, uh, 200. She had put one on a virtual one and a couple other ones. And, uh, it's kind of cool. I mean, sometimes mentally it's challenging. Um, some of them were pretty fast. Other ones 
naps or taking, you know, closer to like 35 hours, you know, take a break, take a nap. Um, but fun stuff. It's always good because I live in a smaller town and there just seems to be a huge amount of ultra runners and runners. So no matter where I ran, you know, it seemed like I came across somebody that knew what I was doing and <laughs> they'd bring me something to eat or, you know, something to drink. Yeah, that's that's the beauty of the running community. If we know if we know one of our own is doing something foolish, like we're either going to join them or at least we're going to support them with, uh, you know, some type of uh, (laughs) indulgence along the way. Yep. Oh, goodness. Um, Shifting gears a little bit, although I guess we're kind of on on race topics, so it makes it maybe makes a good pivot into into race directing. Um, when did when did that become something that you added to your your uh, resume? How long have you been associated with? I think you said that Arrowhead is the longest one you've been doing. Is that correct? Yeah, I mean, after I had done my, I think the first race, it, it was a cycle summer, was put on by the Trail Nerds, and I mean, just that whole feel of having like your own race and all these people that are just part of it, like family. I mean, I was. I knew that one day I would put on my own race. Um, I just didn't know when or where, you know, it's like you want to, and it's like, where are you going to do it? And, you know, the dynamics and, you know, what if people don't sign up? And uh, so for this little arrowhead will be the fourth year this year. Um, And it's, uh, it started out as a six and 12 hour race on a two mile crushed gravel loop around arrowhead Lake uh, in Johnson city uh, here in Southern Illinois in October it's mostly shaded um we've had some pretty good weather a little bit warmer one year but uh it's grown um I I put my heart and soul into it Mm -hmm. (laughs) I mean I you know I would I will be worried and put myself into you know the amount of effort that I put into this race and the the volunteers and everyone else that's going to be helping me do this one this year, Stephanie Page, my great friend. And, uh, it, it's more, more work than any 100 or anything I've ever done. Um, it's that important to me. And I know all the races that I've ever signed up for. I mean, I, I am sure that that's how they feel. Mm-hmm. You know, I just didn't know it at the time. Um, but I love it now. Uh, Arrowhead also has a 24 hour and we added a hundred mile race and, uh, <clears throat> it's, it's pretty cool. <laughs> when, when you start adding distances or durations to an already existing race, does that make it easier or harder? Like a more, more plates to spin, more logistics to manage, or is it like the, the foundation is already there? So kind of the more options, the merrier from a race director <laughs> perspective. Well, I mean, it, it's obviously more work. I mean, you know, you want to make, you know, you, once you get to that 100-mile, you know, option, you know, during a 24 or 100-mile race, you know, then, you know, you want to have awesome buckles and you want to make sure you have awesome age group award or, you know, overall awards. I mean, it adds to it, but, I mean, that's really the fun part, you know, you know, designing medals and buckles and shirts and awards is, you know, that's just like the icing on the cake. You know, the most important thing is, you know, the dynamics of making sure things go smoothly during the evening, you know, in those nighttime hours and making sure, you know, I'm part of a really great running club here, the River to River Runners. And, 
you know, they come out and, you know, they were, you know, they help and uh, it's, uh, the race is put on in a really small town. There's a, a restaurant there called Anderson's and they cater and the fire department spends the entire time with us, the volunteer fire department, making sure everybody's safe. Um, it's just the, you know, I think the only, I think the biggest thing is just making sure the runners are okay. Mm-hmm. You know, <laughs> you know, they're fed, they're taken care of and everything they need uh, to get them to the finish line and make sure that they're safe um, is number one goal. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's, uh, I think, I think potentially something that, that is easy to overlook as the runners, as the participants in the event, um, just how much time and effort and thought and everything that goes into it from a, from a race director standpoint, um, along those lines, anything, you know, you're talking to a bunch of runners here, anything from a race director standpoint, just like, you know, FYI or, or words of advice or, or anything like that, that, uh, that you might want to broadcast. I don't know. And maybe there's nothing there, but you know, I just like anything that, uh, gripes or complaints or anything like that, 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 uh, we can quell right here while we got a chance. Oh, I don't, I mean, I don't think so. I mean, I feel like, you know, like the races that we put on here, you know, it's, you know, such a, like a family event, you know, it's like, people come to the race the first time and love it and they come back and they bring friends and, you know, we make it so, you know, there's a place for everybody, you know, I mean, everybody is welcome, you know, and if something's going wrong or something needs to be fixed, you know, we're, we want to see if we can, what we can do. You know, I mean, I always want to make sure I have, you know, food for everybody, you know, whether you're, you know, vegan or vegetarian or, you know, you know, everybody has, you know, you know, I feel like people just need something special, maybe at two in the morning, you know, if you could have something that's gluten free so I can eat and keep going. You know, I want to make sure that we have that, you know. Um, so I try to ask the questions on what we can do, you know, to make the race better. What can we do to make sure you get to the finish line? And, you know, I want that feedback. Stephanie and I want that feedback. Tell us what you need. You know, if it's something we can do, then we want to do it. You know, I feel like people are like, well, I didn't want to ask. I'm like, hell yes, ask us. You need a raincoat. I have coats. I have blankets. I have we. I have a sweatshirt if you're cold. You know, we have body glide. Don't, you know, chafe yourself to death. You know, you know, if we don't have it right here, we'll find somebody that has it. You know, I think, you know, that's what ultra running is about. It's not about, you know, you against everybody else. It's like everybody here is pushing everybody to the finish line. You know, I mean, I don't know how many races I've been to where other people's crew have helped me. I came in to some aid station, like 70 or 80 at uh, the Kansas extravaganza race. My light had died an hour ago. Guy in an RV jumps out. He's like, I got batteries. Don't leave without your light. And he put batteries in my light. Uh, handed me half a Budweiser and sent me on my way. You know, I'm like, I didn't know who he was, mm-hmm. but that's what it's about. You know, it's about, you know, what do you need? Let us help you. And I, I feel that at every single race. And, you know, if you want to find something to gripe about, if you didn't ask me, then it's your own dang fault. 
Absolutely, absolutely. Uh, so adding adding to the adding to the uh, the list of races, you know, like we said at the beginning, you got a, got a, a couple races, a couple more races going on. You got the Shawnee Hills Hundred that you're co-directing. Tell us about that race and, and what you know what makes it unique and and all the all the things. Let's sell the race for you. Oh my gosh, Shawnee Hills One Hundred! It is a showcase of Southern Illinois single track trail. It is magnificently beautiful. It runs through forests and along beautiful cliffs and uh, over rocks and up hills and through, you know, just green areas and under tunnels. And it's challenging. It is not easy. It's in August. It's going to be hot. You know, that's the weather is a player there, but it is so worth it. I mean, the aid stations are out there, you know, we are 100% bested in every single runner that comes through there. Um, I mean, it is it, just to hike out there, you know, and do 10 miles. It's just like, it's not enough time to be out there to enjoy the beauty of that trail. Um, it is worth every step out there. Every time I go out there, I see something I didn't see before. You know, it's like the ferns or the rocks, <clears throat> you know, and then, you know, it's called the Hellespot. It's so beautiful. It's it's magnificent. It is a jewel here in Southern Illinois, and we just want to share that. Uh, Stephanie was kind enough to ask me to help her with the race and be her co-director, and uh, she runs out there all the time. And she, even before that, she took over the race. You know, we talked about how beautiful it was, and. Uh, we wanted to get people out there. You know, we wanted them to feel comfortable out there and we wanted it to be an inviting family race. And, uh, that's what we're going to do. And, uh, we have the, it started out as a 50 K hundred K hundred miler. And, you know, none of those distances are easy out there. I mean, if you're doing the 50 K it's, it's hard. If you're doing the hundred miler. It's really hard. You know, we, uh, increased the time limit. So we have more time out there and then, uh, we also uh, have a half marathon because it's the perfect hike around the area. Take your time, take pictures, bring your friend, you know, bring your mom, walk <laughs> the half marathon and take a bunch of pictures and just enjoy the journey. You know, sometimes just getting out there and seeing something like that, you know, once a year is just a, it's a treasure, you know, it's, it's worth the effort to get out there on that trail and, and, and do those loops. Uh, it, it'll change you. <laughs> yeah, for sure. For sure. Um, and then, and then rounding out the, the trifecta of races, the, the new one that's, uh, starting out this year, the red cedar trail half, um, getting, getting, what, what are some of the challenges with getting a new race off the ground in, in 2022? Um, uh, well, fortunately, uh, my friend Philip North, he has always run out there and he is really good friends with like the conservation people. And, uh, he has always wanted to get this race or get a race on out there at giant city state park. And I think he's built a rapport up with them. And so when he went to them and asked, you know, can we do this? They were very open to the idea. So, I mean, the logistics, it was just 
making that commitment, you know, what can we do? How can we get this done? You know, how can we make this happen? And I think, you know, he is really good. He got the course marked out and, you know, took care of getting the permits. And um, he let me sort of run a little bit with the shirts and, you know, help with the advertising of the race and getting the medals. And, you know, it didn't take too much back and forth. And we, I feel like things really fell together. Um, uh, they allowed us to have 50 runners, uh, at the race this year. They just wanted to make sure everything went smoothly, you know, with parking and, you know, it's a beautiful state park, you know, they want to make sure it's, you know, there's no litter and, and we understand, you know, their concern, you know, we love the area. That's why we want to bring people there. So, you know, 50 racers, the race is full. It actually filled up today. (laughs) And uh, we're so excited. And, you know, when we get done with the race, you know, we're going to make sure the trail is perfect. More, you know, if there's trash, you know, from three years ago that someone missed, we (laughs) pick it up. We want to leave it better uh, than when we we got there. And uh, we hope next year we can have uh, a bigger field, you know, that's, there's just not a lot of shorter trail races out here. And this is a really good stepping stone, you know, to get into, you know, trail running, you know, it's like, they've never done a trail run, you know, come out here and hike and run this, you know, it runs across many creeks and through the hills and up and down. And, and it's very beautiful. It'll be marked very well. There'll be plenty of aid stations out there. So, you know, if this is someone's first trail half marathon, you know, we got you covered, you know, don't, don't be concerned. You know, we're going to take care of you. We're going to see you at the finish line. Is that the idea of some shorter distance trail races, whether it's half marathons, whether it's 10 Ks, whether it's some kind of random distance, you know, whatever, whatever the case might be, but something in that maybe, you know, five to 15 mile range. Um, Uh Is that something that you think I mean, I feel like there's not a lot of those down here, but maybe I'm not plugged into the trail community in in Florida as much as I could be. But I feel like, kind of like you said, like that's a great introductory to trail running, which then can lead to people trying to climb the ladder versus if your first trail run is a 50K, like that might be a little bit more intimidating. Is that that something that that you could see becoming more popular in the coming years of adding more of these shorter distance races to help get people more, I don't want to say excited, but more acclimated to running trails and then potentially running longer distances on the trails as well? Yeah. I mean, I feel like there is a disparity with that. I mean, I feel like there's always, there's tons of 50 Ks and, you know, on up in trail running and, um, uh, a race director, the race director of the cruel jewel or the Georgia jewel. She, uh, makes a, a good point about, you know, inviting everybody to the table, Um, and that means everybody. And so we can't really invite everybody to our table and our table is the trail. Um, because a 50 K is a really long way and that's a really long time to be out there and it's can be completely intimidating, but you know, we invite people to our table and our table is a 10 K our table is a half marathon and you're like, it's okay to walk, you know, you know, people get that, you know, you know, road running is, is totally different. You know, everybody, almost everybody runs or you get that feel that everybody has to run from the time they start to the time they cross that finish line. And that's just not, you know, the makeup of trail running. 
You know, I mean, there are elites that run, you know, the entire race, but I mean, you know, when I run on a trail, you know, the hills dictate my pace, right. you know, and so, you know, and, and, and how rugged it is, you know, and things like that. And, uh, just how accustomed you are, you know, you know, running down a trail the first time is, can be really intimidating because you don't want to, you know, end up with, you know, running into a tree or, you know, stitches in your knee. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so I, I feel like by starting this one, we are getting people out onto the trail and who cares if, they love a half marathon and don't want to do anything longer than that. That's, that's really not the, you know, it's not the point to like push them to the ultimate distance. The point is to invite them out on the trail so they can enjoy what we enjoy all the time. Yeah. You know, if I go do a 10 mile run, it's enjoyable. I love it. You know, it doesn't have to be a hundred mile run on the trail for me to enjoy it. And you know, I want people to come out and see the ferns. Oh, my gosh, see this creek and these rocks. And then there's this waterfall over here. And then in the springtime, there's like birds everywhere. And then the, you know, the the bluebells along the trail are blooming. It's like, come out and see this. Come out and be a part of this. And not only do you get to enjoy the journey, but when you get to the finish line, you get this really awesome medal. Mm -hmm. And you can wear that all day long. Absolutely. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah, and, and I, I just think that one of the one of the beauties about running in general is there's so many options as far as roads or trails or track or treadmills if you're a treadmill person, which I'm certainly not. But you know, whatever you've got different options there. You've got different race distances. You've got different types of races, um, and and the more the merrier. The more options, the more accessible it is to more more folks, and the more you know, for some of us, a little bit of variety is something that we kind of appreciate anyway. So having different options and different things to do is, is, uh, never a bad thing. So when is, when is the, I, obviously it's sold out. So nobody listening can, can jump in it this year, but maybe next year or, or anything like that. But when is the red cedar trail half, just in case you want to plant a couple seeds for some folks down the road? Um, it's May 14th. Um, so it's coming up. Well, we do have a wait list. Um, but we are capped at 50, but we hope to have more next year. And, uh, like I said, you know, Shawnee Hills, uh, 100 also has a half marathon and you have all the time you could take an eight hour nap on the trail <laughs> and, and still be fine. Right. And still be fine. And so, I mean, you know, like Steffi and I, you know, both Steffi and I both are on the same page of inviting everyone to our table, you know, be, you know, come out and just enjoy the trail you know, enjoy the experience of being at a race. It, it, it's really kind of a special thing, you know, whether you, you know, if you come in first, you're going to get a lot of claps, but I guarantee if you come in last, you're going to get the most claps yeah. because I'm proud of you. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Well, hopefully uh, some folks listening might uh, look up some of your races again, whether this year or, or down the road, it's always, always fun to hear about different races and different opportunities, different parts of the country for people that might want to travel or maybe something in the, somebody's backyard that didn't even know it was, it was there. Uh, but before we, we, you know, pull this thing completely into the, uh, in, into the station, one last question for you, Laura, and, and I kind of close the conversations with something I call a philosophical question, which uh, sometimes sounds a little scary, but it's kind of like the introductory question, just something that's pretty general, pretty generic, kind of open-ended. You can take it whichever way you want to go with it. Um, and, and I'd just be, be curious, you know, for somebody like, like you that's been running for, for a few years, like you said, started in school and kind of just kept going and, and really kind of haven't, haven't stopped the whole rest of your, your life to this point. Why do you do it? 
why is running still such an important part of your life? Obviously, with the running side, the race directing side, being in the community. Why is why is running so important to you at this point? Um, I think the most important thing is, you know, you know, God gave me this gift, and you know, doing it, you know, certainly is glory to Him. But the people that I've met, I mean you can run by yourself, you know, and enjoy it. But I couldn't imagine doing it all these years without the awesome people that I've met. I mean, they are family to me. And I mean, I saw them in Tennessee and I went with one of my great friends this, this last weekend and I'm looking forward to racing and being with you know, some of my dearest friends <clears throat> when I go to Kettle uh, in June. And to me, that is the most, that's the intrinsic value of running and ultra running is the, the friends that become your family. Um, without that, I, I definitely would not have been in, in this for the long haul. Hmm. I think I would have found something else. Yeah. Yeah, the, the relationships are, are second to none, no doubt about it. And uh, y'all, if you want to connect with Laura, maybe maybe start a friendship, maybe connect at a race somewhere down the road and, and uh, become become those friends that turn into family. At Laura Ran, the number one on Instagram is a place to connect with her. Uh, Dizruns.com slash 1040. Dizruns.com slash 1040. Back to the show notes for today. Links to Laura's races, all the, all the other things we talked about. The races that aren't her races, but the races that she runs that we talked about. It will have everything linked up as per usual. Dizruns.com slash 1040. So, uh, Laura, thank you for, for making the time today. Uh, it's, it's been a pleasure. And, and uh, who knows what down the road paths cross. We'll get to share some miles together maybe. But until then, again, thanks for the time today and nothing but the best going forward. Thank you. All right, y'all. Thanks for taking the time to listen to today's episode of the show. Hope you enjoyed the conversation between Laura and myself. And as per usual, be curious to know what stood out to you from today's episode. What was your uh, little takeaway du jour? Du jour. For me, it was it was, and I even kind of addressed it in the in the episode because it was just it stood out to me so blatantly. It was such a such a huge thing. But when Laura was talking about kind of having a, a pretty I don't know, laissez-faire style when it comes to her running, kind of going with what she's feeling and how much time she has and mixing up the route because there's a lot of traffic here. So let's jut over to this road or let's jump onto this trail or whatever the case might be. I just think that's that's a great way to do it. I think that's a great way to train. And I think that a lot of us, myself absolutely included, get into something of, uh, you know, certainly a routine, borderline rut. And, and a routine in and of itself isn't a bad thing. I mean, I'm, I'm very much pro-routine, but... When, when you feel like you have to do X number of miles or you have to hit X pace or you have to run this this same route, um, I don't know. I mean, I feel like that just kind of maybe isn't isn't always the best way because not only is there sometimes some joy in mixing some things up and being like, hey, let's go explore this neighborhood or let's go down this trail. I've never I've never gone this way before. Um, but also just sometimes your body needs, you know, it's, it's, not, it's not a bad thing for your body to give it something a little bit different. Because maybe your body is telling you that you're tired and that, uh, you know, like, like the normal six might be better off to be the, you know, the, the three or four today. Um, and then sometimes you're feeling great. And if you have the time, you know, turn six into eight or nine, and that's not a problem either. But also sometimes just mixing it up, mixing up the surface or mixing up the, the route 
can just challenge your body in a different way. You know, there's a random hill here that you're not used to running or, you know, just the slant of the road because you're taking some different roads. Maybe you're getting some different, different, you know, slants on the, on the road, which gives your body a little bit different stress, which maybe helps to avoid some wear and tear. Um, you know, there's just, there's just a whole lot of reasons that maybe being a little bit less rigid is not a bad idea. And I know, I know a lot of you are, are the type A's, the type A pluses, and uh, the idea of just, uh, you know, kind of flying by the seat of your pants like I tend to do more often than not maybe gives you a bit of a nervous tick. I get it. I get it. But, uh, you know, so maybe that maybe that means that this wasn't your takeaway. I don't know. But for me, just, just a, a good little reminder to just, you know, lean into mixing it up once in a while. And certainly the most important part that I would stress that might be important for you as well, even if it's not your takeaway is to listen to your body and let that be the guide as much or more than whatever's on your schedule, whatever your coach says, whatever you feel like you have to do to get ready for the next race. The best thing you can do to get ready for your next race is to stay healthy. And if that means listening to your body, pulling back a little bit, not a bad choice, not a bad choice. So that's my takeaway from today. What about you? What stood out to you from today's episode? As always, if you're willing to share, I would love to hear it at Dizruns on Twitter, at Dizruns on Instagram to send things that way. You can also send an email to Dizruns at gmail.com. And you can also, also head over to the show, the show notes for today, Dizruns.com slash 1040, Dizruns.com slash 1040. And, you know, scroll on down past the photos, past the links, past all the little announcements and this and that and the other. And there's that comment section at the bottom of the page. You can leave your thoughts and feedbacks there. One last shout for head sweats. If you want to get yourself a hat, a visor, any anything along those lines or anything, you know, a, a, a new a new tank top or a new t-shirt or a new long sleeve shirt, although this time of year, maybe not really necessary, but you might find some deals. There might be some stuff on clearance. You just never know. Uh, Dizruns.com slash head sweats is the link. Again, that's an affiliate link. Doesn't cost you any extra, but it does, you know, siphon a couple of shekels my way after each purchase, which, uh, you know, not getting rich off of it. But it, it adds up and uh, it's appreciated. So disruns.com slash head sweats. And again, whether you use that link or not, please save yourself 30% by using the code BB Disruns. Again, the letter B, the letter B, D I Z R U N S, BB Disruns at checkout uh, for anything that you get from head sweats. Save yourself 30%. And with that, we'll go ahead and wrap this one up, y'all. Thanks for the time. Thanks for the attention. Thanks for taking Laura and I with you today. And until next time, y'all, be well. Take good care. Thanks again for listening. And uh, we'll talk soon, right? Later, y'all.